Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to The Conversation, a LYF podcast series where we provide our insight, thoughts, and experiences on today's topic. My name is Ayla, Growth and Development Coordinator for the Love Yourself Foundation. And my name is JR, IT Tech Web Admin and Board Member of the Love Yourself Foundation. And welcome to part two. Part two, (laughs) we are back. Part two of self-care. If you haven't listened to the first part, I highly advise you to go listen to it. But we talked about self-care and the different topics within self-care, like physical, emotional, and social. And it was a great conversation. and We had a lot of fun with it. Go listen to that episode too, because it's definitely some information that you don't want to miss. And so today we're going to dive into more types of self-care. We're also going to talk about why self-care isn't necessarily just one type of thing. And then as always, our quotes and have a great episode, you know? So let's get into it. Let's do it. So the next type of self-care that we're going to go into is spiritual. And this includes time alone, meditation, nature, prayer, and a sacred space. Ooh, I like all of those, (laughs) actually. I I will say that as far as spiritual goes, when it comes to prayer and and that I'm not really a religious person, but I do understand the importance of those aspects of of taking those practices and, and applying them into your own self-care regimen. So it's all really important stuff. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of things that we've talked about and are going to talk about that I've always thought about, but never categorized in these ways. And so I think I want to start with sacred space. This is something I've learned in actually a lot of different places of education. And I'm going to reference the Center for Mind-Body Medicine conference that I went to. Mm. And during the program, they talked about how important it is for you to be able to go into your, your sacred space in your mind, but also having a physical sacred space. And so the differences are, you want to have a place in your brain that you can go to. And there are many, many different meditations online you can follow that will help guide you to your space. But basically, it's a space in your brain where you can relax and just be. And for me, my sacred space is in Michigan. There is this place on the water that for me, it makes me feel most at peace. And when I'm stressed, I'm able to go to that place. And if you have never done this exercise before, 
it's something that's actually really interesting and fun, if anything, to see where your mind brings you. Have you ever mm. done it before, JR? I have not. And I think it's so cool that you do have that space or that place that you can go to. That's not even here in Vegas. It's in a totally different state that is personal to you and has a, a great representation of what sacred means for you Yeah, that I do want something like that. I, I can't say that I do have a space here. I, I can't even say that I have a, a spot in my apartment that I go to, but I think that it is important to kind of do that sense of escape a little bit and go to this place that has a lot of meaning to you that can really attribute to that self-care. All of these categories kind of combining them are really about regrounding yourself and putting yourself in a position to remind yourself you are safe and you can be comfortable and you can have that time for yourself. And when it's important to have a physical space that way. And I feel like a lot of times that's something people don't have. Maybe they have roommates or they live with their parents or for whatever reason, they don't feel like they have a physical space. That's why I really emphasize the importance of having that metaphysical mental space that you can go to. And I think it's a really interesting meditation. I'll try to find it to, to do because it's so different for everyone. I know people that their safe space was a diner they went to 10 years ago and they remember just feeling comfortable and all they have to do is remember being there and it yeah. just calms them down. And mine happens to be a lake in Michigan, but there's people obviously that have a diner or maybe they're on top of a mountain or maybe they're on the strip in Las Vegas. Could be a lot of different things, right, but yeah. I, I think the central point of this category of self-care is kind of finding that way to recenter yourself and rebring yourself back to your present moment. Yeah. And the more that we talk about it, maybe it's not so much of a space, but I could probably contribute to maybe a sacred space or, or along those lines as I usually like to take really long drives, even here in town, that there's always this route that I take because mm. of how scenic it, it is, that that allows me to kind of refocus my mind a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, I just, it's either with music, without music, but it's always with the windows down and you, I'm just you know, having the breeze hit my face, I'm looking at the surroundings because it's so pretty that that allows me to, to kind of clear my mind. Wow. Yeah, exactly that. I think that for me, nature is something so important. And that's something that really bothers me about living in Vegas, because it's not everywhere you look, you have to go to a park or you have to drive quite a ways to go to the mountain or the canyon or there's ways around it. But I think that it's really important to take yourself away from the trap we get of technology and in our phones and anything that draws us away from what we're doing currently and that's living. Yeah, I am not the person that, you know, thinks of nature right away as as something that I can use for self-care or, you know, a, a hike is not in my repertoire <laughs> things that, that I do. And I'm not sure why I don't enjoy it, but it just, it fascinates me though. When I'm in those situations, if I am in a hike and, you know, initially I'm like, I don't really want to, I don't really want to do this, but then we do turtle head and go all the way up to the very top. And then I'm standing on the top. I'm looking how tiny Vegas is. I'm always like, wow, I'm glad that I it puts things in perspective. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. like, I, I wish that relationship with nature was there or at least a little bit stronger than it is right now. And, you know, maybe it'll just take more time. Me actually putting myself in that environment to, to, to know that 
you know, this is beneficial for me. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a hike. It can be having a plant and bonding with the plant by understanding that it's a living thing and you have to give it the water and make, you know, like that connection to the earth. And for me personally, a lot of times it's being barefoot on grass and kind of that can ground me in a way because I'm connected with the physical earth and it's a it is a spiritual thing it's very weird but it's something that really brings you to the present moment and you're like taking in okay the grass feels a little weird under my feet and it's a little bit cold and you just are very much more mindful of what's happening in the present moment and I think that's why I love it so much well then if you put it that way then uh, I'm all into nature because I got tons (laughs) of plants in my apartment I literally have two big plants in the tub right now soaking a little bit and you know I I definitely understand that relationship too of you know this is a this is a living breathing thing that you're taking care of and you want to make sure that lives on for a long time that I do enjoy that because it's important and I understand its importance of trying to keep something like a plant alive that gives you a little bit more meaning, you know? Mm -hmm. And my last kind of note for this topic is for me, sometimes it's just the sunlight for me, like feeling the sun come into my room. I always make sure to open my blinds every morning. That's a part of my process of just feeling energized and ready for the day really. And it could be something as simple as that. And I think that's, what's cool about it. Yes, more light. As you can see in my in my space, I try to have as much light as as much Definitely natural light um, <laughs> as possible because me being stuck in the dark <laughs> has never done me any good. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we just went over spiritual self care, and now we'll move on to personal self care. Which you would think everything here is personal, but this category is much more individualistic because it includes your hobbies, creative outlets, your goals, identity, and authenticity. Yes. And I think that this topic or this type of self-care has been pretty important to me as of late, really tapping into my creative side of, of what it is that I am doing currently has showed me how much I do enjoy it and how much it makes me happy. And I never thought I would say something like that because, you know, before I didn't really have those many options to be creative. The job that I was working at was pretty, you know, I I already knew what I was supposed to do. And and there really wasn't a lot of wiggle room to, to experiment with a lot of stuff. But now in the position that I am in allows for that creativity to come out a little bit more and in ways that I never thought would be something that I would be involved in. So that has definitely helped me with my self-care. Yeah, I think it's something we don't directly point to, but one of the points I wanted to make about self-care in general, it's that you need to give yourself time for your passion every day. And I want you to think about why you would choose not to spend even five minutes a day on something that you care about. Like, Mm. could you, it's kind of, and I have, I have spent days where I didn't do anything that I cared about. And if you think about it like that, it's easy to not enjoy life. And so if you can just make sure that you have time and you do, you have 10 minutes every day. There is nobody that says they don't have that. It's impossible to not have 10 minutes. Give yourself 10 minutes to do what it is that you're passionate about. And obviously the goal is to have more time than that. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's 
one hour on Saturday that you have time or, but you do need to make sure every day you're doing something that you find value in so that you maintain your value of life. And for me, sometimes it depends on the day. I'm the kind of person that likes creativity as a whole. And that's why I have a whole cart of any possible creative project I could ever do. And so some days I want to read and my, my, self-care is just giving myself the time and space to allow myself to read and go into another world. Some days it's coloring actually, like just playing with different colors and coloring in the space. It relieves a lot of anxiety. That's really Some cool. days it's whatever it is, but it's really important to allow yourself that space to explore. And we've talked about that before too, but I think a big part of our identity is those passions Mm -hmm. and caring for yourself is about allowing that identity to flourish at least once a a part of your day. The ideal part is a hundred percent of your day. You're letting your identity show, Mm -hmm. but you know, that's what this whole podcast series is about. It's about working to get to that a hundred percent and I'm not there. You're not there yet. (laughs) But The goal is always to work to get there. And whether that's 10 minutes a day doing something or making sure that you are caring for your identity by wearing the clothes that you think express yourself, even if people are going to look at you or whatever it may be, you get the point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think we trick ourselves into thinking that even 10 minutes is not enough into what it is that we want to do. So why do we even try to do it? That it's not going to have that much impact, but really it it does Mm -hmm. five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour towards your passion, towards the things that you like to do is so important for your mental health and, and, you know, your happiness, because you're spending X amount of time on the things that you want to do. And really at the end of the day, it's, you're just trying to get 1% better. Definitely. 1% better. If that's every day, every week, whatever the case may be, as long as you're getting 1% better at whatever your passion is, whatever it is you're spending your time into, to learning or doing that is just making you a greater person at the end of the day. If you imagine if you did 10 minutes of some sort of work home workout every day, whether it's sit-ups or push-ups, whatever it may be, it's not a lot of time. 10 minutes isn't a lot of time, but doing that every day, you're going to be a lot more physically in shape than if you didn't do those 10 minutes at all. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with any creative outlet, with any interest. 10 minutes is a lot more time than we give credit to. And I think it's easy to say whatever, like a 10 minutes, 10 minutes, it's really just feeding your brain. And we talked about nutrition last episode. Maybe it's not only physical nutrition, maybe it's mental as well. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. The, the mental part is so important for a lot of these to work really, because you're just trying to focus on you. And sometimes yourself can get it. You try to downplay or stop yourself from doing things because you feel like you can't. But like we were talking in the part one of the, of this episode, if you just change the way that you say things to yourself, the more inclined you will be to do the things you want to do for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And so the next type of self-care is space self-care. And this includes safety, unhealthy environment, and clean space. And we touched on this last episode a little bit, but in caring for your body and making sure that your mind, your body, all parts of you are living correctly, you do need to make sure that you are safe because if you're not feeling safe, it's hard to do those extra things that 
demonstrate our human lives. Like if I don't even feel safe, how am I supposed to spend time painting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like right. I can't, I'm more worried about other things than the things I want to do. And so it's really important that you allow yourself to feel safe, to be in a healthy environment and clean space. We have a whole episode on it. If you want to hear more about how to do that, but a lot of times it's easy to let your space go to gather things that are not important to you, to gather things that you don't need anymore. And those things have a big impact on how we feel in our lives. And we don't pay attention to that because it doesn't, it seems like other things are more pressing. The nonprofit that I used to work for dealt with low-income first-generation students trying to graduate from high school to get into college. And with a lot of these kids being low-income, they don't really live in the best of environments. You know, maybe it's a single-parent home or there's issues at home. Some kids are trying to find a meal when they get to school because there's no food at home. You know, a whole bunch of things. That environment is very important to your self-care. That just allowing for this example, a kid, an outlet to play or to learn about something new, or just having a mentor where maybe their parents aren't there for them, allows them that safety, allows them to enjoy going to school or enjoy going to these programs because there's people there that create that safe space for them that allows a student to thrive because they know that they have that available that, you know, even going back home where it might not be the best of situations. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking about these kids, but I'm pretty sure people who are listening, you know, they might be in an environment themselves that they don't feel too safe with that. Even these students are able to do big things because they do have these places to go that gives them that safety. So it really does change that mentality of allowing them to not only love the place that they're in, but allows them to love themselves as well and know that everything is going to be okay. Yeah. Greatly said. And yeah, it's something that we, we point to other things first and we don't really think about the importance of the physical space, but it's something that's always come back to and I'm pretty sure we learned on these episodes that everything matters yes, (laughs) in some form or another. (laughs) And that brings us to a topic that very interesting form of self-care, but it's called financial self-care. And this includes saving, budgeting, and boundaries. And boundaries shows up here again, because a lot of times we need to understand what we are financially capable of and caring for ourselves enough to not overdo it. And that relates to stress that relates to being feeling safe that there's so many factors that go into financial security. I think saving is a hard one for a lot of people. And it has been in the past for me. But again, the reason that this is a form of self care, which is, I think, opposite to what businesses want you to think. (laughs) They think spending, spending is self care, spending is self care. Saving is self-care because like I mentioned, it's about having healthy habits and a healthy, active relationship with yourself. And so by understanding your needs, you also need to have the care for yourself to make sure that you put yourself in a position to be able to take care of those financial obligations. Yeah. And if anybody understands this part, it would be me. My relationship with money, finances was not the best 
back in the day that it took the situations that I was involved in with my addiction, with gambling and not having a lot of money, being in a ton of credit card debt to understand the importance of having a budget, the importance of saving your money and not having to rely on a paycheck or family members to bail you out. That was really crucial for me. And at a time where I was paying things off, finally got myself back on track and started to pay things off. Eventually I stumbled upon, and Dave Ramsey has this book called the total money makeover. And yes. And I have a story about that. Oh, do you? Okay. (laughs) I'm actually shocked. You're mentioning, wait, I need you to finish that thought first. Okay. (laughs) Because I'm very interested in this, that when that book arrived and I got it from the library, I was like, you know what? I don't know where the next steps are going to be, you know? I had just went through this program to pay off my credit cards, totally paid off credit cards. And just so people know how much what I'm talking about, well, I'm not talking about like $1,000 or $5,000. I was in almost $30,000 in credit card debt. Wow. That this program that I was in helped me get through that. It took two and a half years to do it, but uh, I was able to pay that off. But at that point, I was like, I don't know where I go from here. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I paid off this credit card debt from the addiction that I was dealing with. Where do I go from now? That book, Total Money Maker Makeover from Dave Ramsey, pushed me to the next level to now I have a better relationship with money. I know how to save my money. I know how to make sure I have a rainy day fund and, and be able to pay for things that come up out of nowhere. That it gives me that safety, that financial freedom, so to speak, knowing that I don't have to worry about money to make myself feel good, mm-hmm. you know? There's some something liberating with knowing that you're able to pay for when your car breaks down and you're just like, dang, that sucks, but okay, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Where some people are not as fortunate yeah. um, that I understand that that part of self-care is really beneficial for me coming from where I was at at some point in my life. So I'm guessing then you would recommend the book to the listeners. Oh, 100%. Okay. I'm, I'm shocked that this is brought up because, and it, me and JR have not talked about this prior. So I'm really a full circle moment for me. I think over a year ago, I was on a plane back to Vegas and I was sitting, I was by myself and I was sitting next to this man who nice man. He, he just felt the need to tell me all his advice as if I was his child. And I was intrigued because I always like to listen to what people have to say. You know, he talked about his job and learned a lot of cool things. And he said, if there's anything you take away from this conversation, I want you to look up Dave Ramsey and look (laughs) at his financial suggestions. And he said, that is the key. And I, I was like, okay. And like, I never did. Like I looked it up, I think, but I was like, I don't know what this is. Is this someone that's just like pyramid scheme, like saying to do that? Like I, I, but hearing you say that, I'm like, wait, this man has come back through you (laughs) (laughs) to make sure I read that book. And honestly, the fact that you say that I'm going to order it like that's that's enough for me. Wow. Yes. I I would say, you know, Dave Ramsey has a religious part to himself, you know, and the platform that he has and me being not very religious, those parts of the book that, you know, I didn't really relate to, but the information is in there for anybody who isn't as spiritual in that sense. But if you take anything away from it, the baby steps that Total Money Makeover provides, that has been the concrete base 
for everything that I do financially. Good to know. Order the book, or I would suggest go to the library so you save some money, but the baby <laughs> steps, those are super important and have allowed me to create that sense of financial freedom. And I've taken this and helped other close um, friends of mine. I've, I've told them about this and they've applied it into their lives. And and they came back to me and said, those steps, they, they helped. They helped me so much. Thank you so much. This but is I, not real. That's real. Believe. I swear. But what <laughs> so I always, good. I try to remind people too, is when it comes to this and you see where it, all this passion is coming out of, because I came from the bottom, the yeah. literal bottom to get to this point in my life that I always tell people, don't thank me for telling you these steps or giving you the recommendation to read the book. Thank yourself because you put in the work. You're taking in. Yeah. You know, at that Definitely. time when you heard the, this guy talking to you about this, you said it yourself, you're like, I looked at it and I was like, eh, I don't know about this. Now you're at this point where it's like somebody else is telling me this. I, I should probably look into this a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just be proud about yourself because you want to take the steps to do it. Definitely. And before I move on to the last section, I want to point out budgeting can also mean storing away money for those passions. So a lot of times we're like, oh, I always wanted to travel or go to Europe or I don't know, for some reason, America travel is like the epitome of success. Whatever it is you want to do, Disneyland, whatever it is. It's self-care is also saving money to be able to do those things. And I think it's so hard here to save money because we want that instant gratification. Like I'd rather go buy something now than save up for four months to go do something else. But it's important to give yourself the chance to live life in those goals that you have really and experience them. Again, it all correlates to the the financial side of self-care and budgeting is definitely that. And, you know, there's a lot to budgeting as well, not just saving up for that next trip that you want to go on to, but it's actually building habits for you too, mm-hmm. that you can apply to other things in your life. So all of this stuff correlates with one another, ultimately to make you a better person, to make you a happier person, and for you to love yourself even more than you have before. And on that note, the final category of self-care which is work. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have thought work would be self-care? Skip it. Skip it. Just kidding. It's not. The two categories here are the two details of this category are time management and breaks. And when you hear that, you're like, oh, that makes sense now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, when it comes to time management, I think that that is something I struggle with because like I mentioned, if we're sleeping eight hours a day, we have 16 hours. How are we using that time? For me, it's so hard to be apt to not watch TV and instead do something else. And something that I want to do, and I am in the midst of creating worksheets for the Love Yourself Foundation right now, but is to kind of create an ideal week schedule and to write down all the things that if you could do and you want to do, to write them all down and see where they can fit in your week. Mm. Because I, I learned probably in therapy too, who knows where I learned it from, that a lot of times we look at each day and we're like, okay, I can't fit everything I want to do in one day. So I'm not going to do any of it. But instead, if you look at it as a week process, what what do I want to do each week? You see, oh, I have enough time on Monday to do that. And I do have extra time on Thursday. I can schedule that into. And if you open up your minds that way, you see now I don't have 16 hours. I have a hundred to work with and my free hours. And obviously the time you use for work takes out of that, but that's where it comes to managing your time and what you want to do with it. 
that is really important, especially mapping out your days and your weeks to really see what pockets or what windows of time that you actually do have available. A friend of mine had suggested to get a planner, you know, and really, because I like to write things out to really kind of see what is going on throughout the day and, and to kind of keep track of things. When I kind of flipped over onto the week part and was outlining the things per hour of every day of, of, of what I need to do, it kind of changed my outlook on how yeah. I see a week because you see these slots of time, right? Everywhere that it's not all filled up. So I can't pretend like <laughs> I'm <laughs> so like, busy. Oh, I need something else to do. Sorry, guys. I'm so busy. My calendar is just so filled up. I open it up. It's just completely <laughs> just flies are flying out. <laughs> See, that's the great thing about it though. And I think that planners have always been something that I want to be good at, but I'm so bad at sitting down every day yes. and doing them. But I do like the idea of seeing a week planner with the days. I mean the, the times of each day. So mm -hmm. 7 a.m., 8, 9, like for each day and having to plug in what you're doing that hour because you'll see, oh, I have a two hour gap here. I didn't realize that was that much time. And right. then you start saying, I can fit in working out, even though I don't, <laughs> I don't always feel like I have time to do it. Come on, Ayla, you got to have more compassion about yourself when it comes to the gym, okay? <laughs> Definitely do. But I'm just saying that it's good to, to think about your time. And I think that on the flip end, there's a reason why it's hard to. There's, there's always right. a reason why it's hard to manage your time. And my final like big point with self-care is that when you do have energy and you do have time, that's when you want to set yourself up for success when you don't feel like you're apt to do self-care. And what I mean by that is like we mentioned in the part one of this episode, when you're sad or down or just not feeling it. It's so, 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 so much more difficult to do anything, to do right. anything self-care related. So what you can do is while you do feel like you have energy and today is a great day for me, I'm, I'm really feeling positive and productive. This is a day that I need to make sure that I spend as much time setting up my environment and planning for my life in the next week to make sure that if there are days that I'm not feeling it, I already planned for this and I actually have things set up. And so it makes you, it makes life so much easier when you allow yourself time. And maybe it is looking at your week and saying, I don't really have time on Saturday. I have three hour gap and maybe I'm going to schedule time there. And so maybe it's planning ahead of time for your care, but it's really important to, to be able to manage that time in, in even the smallest of ways. I like how you had mentioned that. And it is very important to make sure that you are spending some time to figure out how your week is going to be, or, you know, how the next couple of days are going to be. And, and, and that idea of not having to feel like you're forcing yourself to make things happen when you're not feeling it, mm -hmm. because there's so many times where we try to do too much when we're not in the right headspace that it either makes us more frustrated, angry with ourselves or the people that are around us or any of those types of negative feelings that if you had just taken a little bit more time to plan out that in case of one of those instances ends up happening where you're not feeling it, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, but it also brings up the, the idea of how time is such a luxury It is that we put so much emphasis on time. Um, we have too much time. We don't have enough time. Time is running out that if we are, stay focused a little bit more and 
and really mapping out the time that we have, the better or at least more efficient we are with our days. Yeah. I think too, that when we do have this energy that, and this, this can happen any day. Some days you just wake up and you do feel like, you know, it's a good day. And I I feel productive today. I want to do something. Those are the days you want to take hold of and take control. And what I mean by that is give yourself time that day to accomplish those goals because there's no better day for you to have the energy than that day. And so for me today, I need to think about what are the things I felt I haven't felt the energy to do, or I've been putting off. I want to do that now because I know I have the energy now. And then you're saving yourself from, because I could say "Ah, another day, another day, but what if in another day, I'm not feeling it. Right. And so it's a weird way to look at things, but it's kind of like manipulating the system. Yeah. (laughs) Very Very, unpredictable. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, at the end of the day, we're trying our best to do with what we can and not only the time that we have, but the mental and physical state that we're in as well. That again, kind of going back to compassion, you know, just, just give yourself a little bit more compassion. It's okay. If you can do it, great. If you can't, there's going to be another time, Definitely. but just know that you're trying your best to, to do what it is that you need to do. And that's what self-care is all about. And so um, before we go into the quotes and in the episode, I'm going to end on some common myths centered around self-care because it is such a buzzword and everybody who ever talks about self-discovery and self-love has mentioned this word. And so it's a little bit confusing of what it actually is. So I have a couple of myths here that I'm going to go over. The first one is that self-care is indulgence, which means it is giving in to all your desires and just doing everything you ever wanted to do. And so it's a myth because meaningful self-care includes making mindful changes and patterns of thoughts and behaviors that do not contribute to your well-being. So it's not about, oh, buying these things and going on a spree because you felt like it and it's caring for yourself because you're buying anything you want it to. But self-care is about being mindful about the things that will impact your life and that are no longer serving you in that way. I'm glad that you outline this because I remember in the part one of, of this episode, I had mentioned in, indulging in food that may or may not be so good for you. That I think it is a fine line of understanding what that is for yourself and what that means as far as self-care is. But there is a, kind of like a, an idea of you know what it is that you're doing that really isn't contributing to exactly. your health. So again, being mindful of that is really important and not to get the two confused because it's very easy to blur those lines. Very, very easy. And so next it is that self-care is selfish. And I I understand that a lot of people could think this because you're saying, no, I can't hang out. I can't do this. I have to take time to focus on myself and people could misperceive that. But when you make time for yourself and you do get that rest, you exercise, you do all the things you need to do, you will be able to feel more energetic and do more for yourself and other people. So it just benefits everybody. This is something that I actually struggle with quite a bit. My natural personality is to be selfless, do anything and everything for my friends, uh, my family and relationships that I tend to think that the word selfish is negative 
like I shouldn't be self, I need to be more humble or what have you that I need to understand more and, and have been is that self-care is all about you and what is good for you, that it's okay to be selfish in that sense, because it's only about you. So do the things that are necessary for you and yourself in order to get you into a better place, better mindset. That way you can help others around you as well. Exactly. And I think a lot of times we think if I care for myself, how am I supposed to care for other people? But that's exactly what you're doing. And I think that that's something that is takes time. It yes. takes time to think about, but I don't think it's the hardest thing we've talked about to convince yourself of, right. if that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> and so next, and we have two more, is that self-care is a one-time experience. And as we've mentioned, self-love is not one and done. Self-discovery is not one and done. But looking after yourself is an ongoing practice. And this allows you to build resilience to face hardships and prevent you from burning out. And so that was a lot of words, (laughs) but basically it just means that actively caring for yourself prevents any challenge from seeming undefeatable and impossible to overcome. And so it isn't something that you're just like, oh, I'm feeling stressed, self-care. Okay. Next year. Like I used the self-care I could this year. (laughs) Right. it's, It's something you should be constantly thinking about. And I think that it's, it is about actively choosing what's best for you and making sure it's not, oh, it's a one-time thing because it's whenever I get my paycheck. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that personally this year, this year and last year, as far as self-love has been such an important and transformative couple of years for myself that understanding that this is going to continue on is the most crucial part of the whole thing is that you just don't get one year and you're like, all right, I did it. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be cool though. (laughs) It would be cool. But to understand that it is a journey, you know, uh, and it's going to continue on and it's going to have peaks and it's going to have dips, but ultimately this is going to keep going on for the rest of your life. That, That it's something that you really need to understand. And for me, I had to really comprehend as well that it's going to be here to stay. I think that self-care, if you put it in context in the bigger picture, is kind of the thing that keeps you going during that journey. Because the reason why these aren't one-time experiences is because we're changing as people. And that causes us to alter our trajectory, to live different experiences. And that causes us to have to restart and re-find our self-love. And it's an ongoing process because of that change that we experienced during our lifetime. But self-care is something that doesn't have to change, if you will, because you know generally what it is you have to do to supplement yourself. So you know that those hardships are going to come. But if you know the foundations of self-care, you know kind of the different areas that you have to look at to make sure that you can keep going. 100%. And so lastly, self-care is time-consuming. And that is not true. I know we talked about the 10 minutes and versus one hour. How much time do you spend a day doing self-care? It's really, it does not require you to take a huge chunk of time from your busy day. And actually it can, if you want it to, but it's kind of an active 
process throughout your day. Maybe it's self-care during the morning, which is doing some sort of, maybe it's a five minute meditation in the morning and maybe after lunch, you go to the gym to work out and maybe it, so it, it doesn't have to be one block of time. It can be smaller throughout the day. It can be however it works for you, really. Yeah. And it is just that it's what you see that time being, and it's only up to you to decide what that is that. Yeah. If it, if it takes 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, where whatever it is that you're doing, you get to determine that nobody else. So again, it's your self-care journey. It is up to you to decide that. And don't think that because you didn't spend an hour doing self-care, that self-care wasn't achieved. You know, that's still like what, 10 minute chunks, five times of that, like you did something. So taking that into consideration is really important. I think I like to look at it as if you're taking care of like a toddler or baby, you do have to watch them very closely, almost every minute of every day (laughs) and monitoring to take care of them. And if you think of yourself as that child, you're with yourself every minute of every day. And so you have every opportunity to choose the the caring option for yourself. And it may not be so life-threatening as having to watch a baby and make sure that everything's okay with them, but it is actively choosing what's best. And that's really what it comes down to. That's what I'm going to take away from it. I am the baby. So I need to. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's something. (laughs) It is something. That's good though, because it's true. You are with yourself the entire time. Why not take that time to do what's best for you? Mm -hmm. And And I I am the baby. So (laughs) (laughs) we all are. (laughs) And that leads us to our ending segment of this two-parter where we go into the quotes that really stood out to us regarding self-care. So the quote that I found I liked a lot, it is that self-care is not self-indulgence, it's self-preservation by Audrey Lorde. And that to me summed it up perfectly. Like that could have just been the whole episode right there. I know. (laughs) (laughs) 10 minutes done. (laughs) Yeah, but really it's, it's about keeping your sanity really and making sure you're enjoying life in the ways that you know how to. Yeah. And and just seeing this written out plays into the idea again of the way that you word things, you know, it, it don't take self-care as self-indulgence. It's self-preservation. Don't think that self-care is a negative thing because if you do, then you'll never do it. But really what you're doing is you're trying to better you as a person know who you are and to love yourself even more that it's important for everything. Yeah, definitely. What quote did you find? My quote is loving yourself isn't vanity. It's sanity by Katrina Mayer. And we're talking about that. Yeah. We're talking about that in the first part of, you know, the whole gym analogy of, am I doing it for my own well being or am I doing it because I want to impress other people that, loving yourself is is not a, a vanity thing it, it really is to keep you healthy in all aspects of your life yeah and i i've actually been on the end of this where people have told me that at times it seemed like i was i guess egotistical if you will because i actively chose what was best for me and not that it would be a deficit to others, but in a way where others were kind of like, wow, I didn't realize someone did that, like <laughs> in such an obvious and 
um, unforgiving way. But to me, that's what keeps me going is if I'm, if you think about for me, if I'm an example of someone that always does my best to live authentically to my identity and I have bad days, I have horrible days where I just am not trying to deal with it, Mm -hmm. then I would feel like those days would be so much more painful if I was living an identity that wasn't authentic to myself. And so when it comes to your sanity and your experience in this lifetime, choosing yourself, and we always go back to that, is the only thing that you can do to make sure that you are living how you're supposed to be. Wow. (laughs) What an episode. I know, right? I just, it's a lot of information and obviously for it to be a two-parter episode shows how important this topic really is. It just makes you think that self-care is such an important thing in order for you to develop over time and to get you to a place where you want to be that it cannot go unnoticed and you cannot ignore what is necessary for you. So I hope that everybody listening takes these ideas, takes these examples and uses uses it in your own life. Yeah. And we always ask at the end of our episodes, how we can use this to love ourselves. And in some episodes, like boundaries or decluttering our space, it's a lot more vague, I guess, if you will, to try to understand how that contributes to our self-love. But I think self-care really is a double-edged sword between self-love and self-care because to care for someone, to love someone is, they kind of go hand in hand together. Mm -hmm. And I think that as you're trying to choose and, and follow the path of your self-love journey, you can't avoid self-care. They really go together. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I just, Yeah, it's such a great topic for us to be talking about. Everything that you've said just now is is 100% true, 100% honest, and it is necessary for all of us to do what is necessary when it comes to self-care. Yeah. And on that note, we do want to hear from you. As you know, this episode and all of our episodes are the conversation and Just because me and JR are having that conversation doesn't mean that we don't want to include you. We want to hear your thoughts. How do you do self-care? And did you learn anything today? I hope you did. And so you can leave us a comment on Instagram or Twitter at the LY Foundation or on Facebook, facebook.com slash the LY Foundation. Let us know what you thought about today's episode and what self-care means to you. Also, please leave us a review of the LYF podcast. That way we can continue to produce more content and grow the show. Thank you for listening to the conversation and our first ever two-part episode. We really appreciate you. And until next time, love yourself, love one another, and love this planet we call home.
Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in.